anti-vaxxers, racists and fascists. Two left groups in Brisbane, Socialist Alternative and Anarchist Communist Mianjin, have joined to oppose the far-right over vaccination against COVID-19. While it is true that the right is on the move worldwide, it is hard to see how the tactics followed by the far-right groups are going to be successful here in Australia. They were easily contained by public opinion in Melbourne recently when anti-vaxxers challenged the state government over compulsory mask wearing and lockdowns. Their strategy of mass protest over a single issue, in this case anti-vax, never worked for the left, so why would it work for the far right? There is an element of opportunism in the current round of protests on both sides, left and right. The strategy behind it is recruitment to political groups, often in contest with each other, on the fringes rather than building a mass movement in solidarity with working class organisations. Who are the people most affected by racism? You won't see the mass of Aboriginal people or Muslims at these protests. Being anti-vax is not a political stance, it is a challenge to common sense. Were protests in the 1990s to stop Pauline Hanson successful? However, the left-wing group International Socialists that launched those protests no longer exists. We record here the discussion on the Workers' Power Show on 4ZZZ FM 102.1 about anti-vaxxers, racists and fascists. You're listening to Workers' Power on 4ZZZ with Jackson and Dan and and we have two guests with us today. Uh, we st- still have Duncan Hart from the last interview, but we're also joined by Iswed from Anarchist Communist Mianjin, and they are here to talk to us about the organising that they are doing with their organisations to counter the anti the anti-vax movement here in Brisbane, Mianjin. Um, so, would you like to introduce yourself, Iswed? Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. So, I'm Iswed, a member of Anarchist Communist Mianjin. Um, I think I come on here pretty frequently, so most people probably only need to hear that, but uh, excited to be on and talking about this today. Uh, and yourself again, for <laughs> any new listeners, Duncan? Yeah, well, um, my name's Duncan, and I'm, I guess I didn't say in the last section anyway, but I'm from Socialist Alternative. Cool. Uh, so, do you want to let us know what, why, why, why you're here to talk to us today, Izzard? Um, so yeah, broadly, I think here to discuss a bit about like this anti-vax movement, kind of how it formed, and um, you know why it's very relevant for the working class to start pushing back against it. And then to just promo a rally that is being put on on the 20th of November um, to counter uh, one of these, you know, freedom rallies by the People's Revolution type nonsense that we're seeing. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so why do, does this, why does the anti-vax movement need countering? Well, I think, um, you know, like... We call it, like, this anti-vax movement thing, and that's kind of, like, you know, treated as this broad, kind of nebulous, like, movement of people. And to an extent, it is, like, it's, it's a very swampy thing in a lot of ways. 
Um, but in reality, when you look at it, you look at the people organising it and you look at the people that are trying to capitalise from it, and it's essentially just a menagerie of the far right that are trying to capitalise on the social fissures that COVID has kind of brought up um, in order to, like, build their power and build their capacity and recruit and all of that, which I think for any anarchists or socialists or leftists in general is a pretty, you know, concerning thing that you don't really want to see keep going, like, particularly because we're getting to the point now where you're starting to see this movement, like, actually, like, attack things like the CMFU office, um, you know, COVID testing places have been, like, attacked by people. Um, so, like, we're actually starting to see, like, the working class being, like, attacked on the ground. Um, and, yeah, like, when you look at the rallies, like, you know, you've got this whole just wide range of the far right that are there and using it. Like, you've got Proud Boys, Ultra Conservatives, One Nation, the United Australia Party, you're, like, conspiracy theory hippies, uh, there's a lot of Christian fundamentalists there and even just, like, straight-up, very open, like, fascist elements. Um, and they're all, like, just united by this, um, like, far-right, hyper-individualist stance. Um, and, you know, they're mostly mobilising around these calls of, like, freedom, which, like, from coming from these people's mouths mean absolutely nothing. Like, the far-right doesn't give a hoot about anyone's freedom um, at all. But they see that this is an opportunity for them to get on the street and get their message out there. And they've done this in a smart way compared to, say, a number of years ago when probably Reclaim Australia was the last big time the far right was doing this. But then they were doing it on a very obviously racist and far right platform. Whereas with this kind of movement, they can do it in a kind of more hidden manner and just use this kind of like generally far right thing as cover to push all these other messages. Yeah. Do you have anything on top? Yeah, no, I think that's. I think I think um, Isbeth's absolutely right there. I think um, it's important to say that there's far right people both like involved and absolutely cohering this movement. But it's also, I guess, I'd say like maybe it's an maybe it's an argument for listeners that people should also identify the um, the actual like call to be like against vaccinations as right wing in and of itself. So like Andrew mentioned it or called it like hyper individualist, and I think that's absolutely right. Like we're seeing in um, the United States in particular. It's kind of like um, it sort of like uh, leans into a libertarian view, right? You know, my body. <laughs> their slogan was literally "my body, my choice." A disgraceful usage of that slogan, but it reflects that this idea of like um, I've got mine and fuck everybody else. Like um, I don't have any responsibility to society. Um, I don't want to get vaccinated. I don't think it's a problem. So why should I have to? But actually. Um, you know, we know what the reality is. This is a very infectious disease that's killed millions of people around the world. And we're seeing we're seeing the impact of this kind of like ideology and these politics actually play out right now in America, where, you know, they cannot even get their vaccination rate above but it's like sixty six percent of the population because there's so much pushback from particularly like um this more libertarian right wing, you know, Trump inspired, QAnon inspired sometimes politics, um, you know, based around like the Republican states. So I think that's that's important to say because we might not be looking at a politics of um, definitely is totally connected up with all these you know old school old school racists and like white supremacists, but it's also in and of itself. I think we should see that these politics are right wing because they're actually um, saying basically fuck you to society, fuck you to the vulnerable people, fuck you to you know people who have got um, disabilities, pre existing conditions, indigenous people, that kind of thing. Um, it's just worth pointing out that like in the UK. 58% of the people who died from COVID, and it's like, you know, over 100,000 people have died. 
they were people with pre-existing conditions i.e people with like disabilities chronic conditions so that's the kind of people these the people the anti-vaxxers are basically saying we don't give a fuck about so that's i think that's an important argument as well it's it's been interesting to watch the the language swap between the left and the right with with these kind of issues is the the right is using language that the left was using a decade ago and it seems to be a complete reversal and a little litmus test i like to use is are they talking about their individual personal rights or are they talking about the most vulnerable members of our community so like it's a it's a big big one for me so. mm. i think like just looking at the demands that they put forward is a good way to like identify what kind of like class interests and stuff this movement represents like you know they're often painting themselves as like oh we're for the working class we're doing this because this is bad for the working class and whatever and you know it is true that covid and has been terrible for the working class and the government's response hasn't been good enough for the working class but these people aren't putting forward demands like increasing the rate of welfare uh, above the poverty line or guaranteeing full income for anybody that can't work because of covid or anything like any demands that would actually improve the conditions of the working class instead all the demands are demands that purely would benefit bourgeois and petite bourgeois elements like capitalists you know like just opening the borders up doing all of this stuff and like you can see that being pushed by like you know clive palmer and the united australia party who like net wealth has gone up by like 150 percent mm-hmm. over covid so they're using these things of like freedom and stuff to mask the fact that they are putting forward demands that do not benefit the working class in any sense and are really like antithesis to any working class politics because it completely sh- like you know gets rid of any ideas of solidarity or class struggle or anything like that um yeah so one thing is offering uh, building solutions and how do we dig ourselves out of this hole is uh uh, how can we counter this fear mongering and provide workers with a real message of solidarity? <sighs> Any ideas? Well, I think that's the um, <laughs> I think that's the challenge for the for like you know the, the left is uh, relatively small in Australia, so we can't hope to like pose all the alternatives in the sense of like what actually needs to happen. You know, like we, what do we actually need to do to make sure that the pandemic doesn't rage out of control and kill people as well as like throw people out of work and that kind of thing but i think um what what andrew said and um what we've said so far which is like that these people are not offering a a positive solution but they're actually trying to harness some discontent uh and basically use it in the interests of like (laughs) will end up being in the interests of the rich and powerful because they can have a society where we accept that people should die uh for our supposed freedom i think that's that's one thing so making countering their message and then I suppose the other thing that we're trying to argue for is that we should also like um, physically counter them in the sense of attend actually attend a demonstration and like put forward a point of view that says, actually calls them out. Um, but I guess like you know I do think there's a role to play as well for um, trying to fight for like our institutions, the unions, the working class institutions that we're part of, to try to adopt better positions that aren't just like knee jerk reactions to. Um, I don't want to get vaccinated, but actually are putting forward like perspectives around things like how can we actually have a society which doesn't where people aren't being exposed to the virus, like prioritizing like health and safety at work rather than buying into the narrative of the far right, which is all about our f- fucking personal freedom supposedly to not get a bloody vaccine. So I think that's that's two sides to it. But yeah, yeah, I think like you know, ideally, yeah, the unions would have done much better on this and the left would have been able to push for a lot more 
Um, even like I know in Italy, um, they had a similar event happen there uh, to like what happened in the CMFU down in Melbourne. And a week later, they had a hundred thousand person uh, march through Rome, organised by the unions. Um, you know, got, making it very clear that like we won't stand for this and we will fight back. Uh, the unions in Australia, you know, that didn't happen. I think we saw some put out some statements and things like that. Um, and overall, just the unions themselves have been very wishy-washy when it comes to like questions of vaccines. Like I think. You know, a better union movement, a more stronger union movement, a rank and file led union movement, you would have seen votes being made by the rank and file saying, We vote for vaccine mandates. Mm. We want all of our members to get vaccinated because this is based on the idea of solidarity. Um, and then I think that would have, you know, cut uh, the legs off a lot of this stuff that we're seeing. Um, and I think, like, yeah, like Duncan said, like, counter demoing is like an important part, like, getting this narrative out there, making it seem because, like, Otherwise, this mass- massive minority of people, really, that is the people like this anti-vax movement, like it's very small. It seems bigger than it is in reality, I think. Um, so like showing that is important. And also just in everyone's day-to-day lives, talking to the people around them about the importance of solidarity. Like, you know, there are a lot of people that aren't pure anti-vaxxers, but are vaccine hesitant and stuff like that. Um, so whether that's colleagues, friends, or anything like that, just being really clear, like, you know, get vaccinated, you know, it's safe, and this is about looking after, like, everyone in our community. Um, so I think it's important for people to, like, not be quiet um, when kind of confronted with like, stuff like this, whether that's a vaccine-hesitant person or someone that's, like, gone full down the rabbit hole. Like, these things should be called out and discussed and made it clear that, like, look, the rest of society is acting in solidarity with each other. So you should as well. Great. So you two and the organisations you're a part of have your fair share of disagreements and even some animosity, but you've come together for this campaign, this uh, this protest. Uh, why have you done that, uh, I suppose? And, um, yeah... That's that's it. <laughs> um, so, you know, all of the various socialist organisations and left tendencies and stuff like that are always going to have big, big disagreements. You know, fundamentally, most of those disagreements stem from different ideas about how to change the world. Um, but I don't think that necessarily uh, correlates to animosity. Okay. Um, at all like sometimes you know particularly if you go on like a facebook comment section or whatever there'll be a lot of animosity from people that identify in various ways but i think as a general rule uh the various people that are actually in organizations and organizing tend to not have very much animosity and understand that we have different ideas of how to change the world which is why we have separate organizations but when we do have a kind of shared aim and can agree upon how to like reach that aim then it's important that we do work together. Because like Duncan said earlier, like the left in Australia is very small. Um, so when we can build up those shared interests, um, you know, we work together and often effectively. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with Isbert. Um, I think that, um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, I definitely wouldn't characterise it as animosity. I think the other thing is that we have a shared agreement on like the actual threat and the and the danger that is posed by the anti-vax movement so that's an important basis to 
work together. Like if we didn't agree on that, then it would be very hard to have any um, unity together. But because of that, we can see that we need to um, try and work out how can we best um, coordinate. So I guess like in terms of, do we want to discuss the November 20th rally now or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think the main the main point of it is that, like Andrew said, the um, the anti-vax people have been able to really pull off quite a uh, quite a thing by sort of making the giving off this impression that the only people in society who have got any sort of grievances against the government are these lunatics who essentially yeah, are actually really arguing for a more extreme version of what the government itself is putting forward, which is that we shouldn't take the virus seriously um, and we should pretty much open up and end restrictions that save people's lives. Obviously, the vaccine part, <laughs> the government does want to like use vaccines as like a silver bullet kind of thing. But um, we want to make sure through this counter-protest um, that we're actually making clear that there are people who oppose this and actually not just any number of people, but the vast majority of people in society do not agree with this perspective, um, which is a tiny, tiny minority that has just been able to essentially get off without too much criticism, really, from anyone in society. Like... The most, mo- the main thing we've ever heard about why these protests are supposedly bad has been the politicians when they've been happening under lockdown, saying it's like spreading the virus. Well, that's fair enough in a sense, but also these people are actually bad in and of themselves. So that's the thing we haven't actually heard much about. Um, their arguments are not, um, you know, a decent, a decent perspective or fair enough, but actually represent a reactionary argument in our society. So we want to be putting forward like a pro like prioritising health message as well as like calling out their connections to the far right. Jackson and Dan and we are joined in the studio by Iswed and Duncan talking about the uh, counter-protest to the anti-vaccination movement in Brisbane. All right, so do you want to tell us, uh, remind us uh, when this protest is, where it is, what's going on there? Okay, well, it's um, it's uh, it's November twentieth, which is a Saturday. Saturday, yeah, and it's actually happening like like Isward said, it's um happening, uh, not because we just dislike the date, but because it's actually an international Freedom Day rally, uh, and there'll be protests, counter protests as well, happening across the country. Um, so you don't be alone in Brisbane, um, and we're planning on gathering at eleven a.m., um, and we don't haven't 100% confirmed like exactly where it will be but it'll be in the Brisbane city Brisbane CBD so if people want to follow along and make sure they come along to that demonstration just follow the Facebook page uh, campaign against racism and fascism Brisbane um, which is currently hosting the event great um, oh dear I don't have anything else to talk about um yeah well <laughs> just as a like aside like you know really recommend people to come along because it's important for us to raise our voice on these issues and to bring it back to like vaccines in general like you know get vaccinated not because the states told you so but because it's the right thing to do to show solidarity with every other worker and every vulnerable worker and everybody that can't or is vaccinated but still at risk mm-hmm. um you know Vaccination is something we're doing for the entire community and we don't need the state to tell us so because that's what good workers do. And you don't even need to make an appointment anymore. There are plenty of walk-in centres around Brisbane. You can just head in and get one right now if you want to. Uh, Great. 
So, that's no, that's November 20th, 11am, uh, in the CBD for that counter-protest. Make sure you show up if you want to help counter the uh, anti-vaccination movement. And, and once again, where safe. should folks go if they want to find out more information, like where this location is? Campaign Against Racism and Fascism Brisbane Facebook page. Awesome. Great. Uh, I guess we'll just go to another song then, now that we're done here. <laughs> Thanks heaps for coming in, guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Please. 